welcome to the Pediatric Anesthesia Journal's Featured Article of the Month podcast for February 2023. These monthly podcasts are published on the journal's website, and you can also subscribe to them via iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. My name is Dr. Devnath Chatterjee, and I'm one of the journal's education editors. This month's featured article is entitled Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Within the Society for Pediatric Anesthesia a mixed methods assessment. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome the first author of this article, Dr. Travis Reese Wynn, a pediatric anesthesiologist at Lucille Packard Children's Hospital and Stanford University, and the senior author, Dr. Natalia Jimenez, a pediatric anesthesiologist at Seattle Children's Hospital and the University of Washington. Natalia was the previous chair of the DEI committee at the SPA, and Travis is the current chair. Welcome to this podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks a lot for inviting us. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. All right, let's get started. Before we dive into the article, tell us about the DEI committee at the SPA. How is it structured, and what are your top priorities? Yes, the DI committee was actually an initiative of the SBA board that recognized very early the need of gathering a group of people interested in equity, diversity, and inclusion within our society to think on how to incorporate EDI principles within this work. Our work started in the spring of 2018 with a very small group of 12, and currently we have more than 50 members led by our chair, Travis, Vice Chair Dr. Odi Ehi, and five subcommittees, including the Education Subcommittee, who speak, uh, that is chaired by Dr. Tomas Lasso, Communication Subcommittee, chaired by Dr. Felipe Perez, Quality Improvement Subcommittee, Dr. Daniel Goldstein, Research Subcommittee, chaired by Dr. Anari Garcia Marchikovich, and the Mission Driven Mentoring Program that is co chaired by myself and Dr. Helen Lee. Broadly, our committee top priorities are first to advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts within the society. And we do this by informing the board, its committees, and sections about issues related to diversity and inclusion, as well as through education efforts during our spring and fall meetings. We also want to foster a culture that recognizes and values diversity and inclusion of all members of our society and is also cognizant of the diverse population of children and families we serve. And lastly, we want to encourage and support the participation, growth, and advancement of all members of the SBA and promote equitable leadership to support the SPA mission. That sounds fantastic. So let's now discuss this month's featured article, which is essentially a survey assessing diversity, equity, and inclusion within the SBA membership. So what prompted your team to conduct the survey and why is it important to have diversity in the workforce? Yeah, the primary objective of our survey was to provide a baseline assessment of diversity within the SBA, as well as to help us inform the work of our committee. It was really important to us to understand SBA members' understanding and perceptions of the need of DEI work within our society. That makes sense. What were the results of your survey? How many folks responded? I know I did, but I would like to know how many folks responded to the survey and what were the major findings? 
Well, first of all, thank you for participating in our survey. We appreciate that. We had a total of 1,232 respondents, which represented 38% of the SPA membership at that time. Um, there was equal distribution in response from all the four major U.S. geographical areas, and we had 67% that were practicing in academic settings. One of the major findings that we found was discovering large gaps in representation, especially when compared to the more diverse demographic data of the pediatric populations we serve. For instance, approximately 40% of the U.S. pediatric population is now Black or Hispanic, but only 13.6% of our SPA respondents are Black and Hispanic. When we looked at specific areas of demographic diversity, there were differences in academic rank between respondents by race and ethnicity, with a lower percentage of minority faculty employed as full professors. Similarly, when we did look at uh, gender, a higher percentage of women were assistant professors, while men had the higher percentage of full professorship. Our LGBTQ plus members were more frequently holding lower academic rank positions when compared to heterosexual respondents who had the higher probability of being an associate or full professor. Interestingly, we found no difference in participation of membership or members in leadership roles when we stratified by race, ethnicity, geographical region, international medical graduate status, or sexuality. However, we did find a lower percentage of women in leadership roles, despite women having relatively equal numbers represented in SPA membership. And also private practice providers represented only 15% of individuals in leadership roles, despite accounting for 32% of the SPA membership of respondents. We also looked at language diversity within SPA membership and found that among our US members, 41.5% reported being fluent in one or more languages, in addition to English, and about a quarter of those respondents that were fluent in another language are actually certified to interpret. The three languages that most frequently spoken by U.S. members were Spanish, Hindi, Urdu, French, and Chinese, which included Cantonese and Mandarin. Great. Thank you for clarifying that. If I remember correctly, one of the questions on the survey was, does the SPA face challenges with DEI? How did folks respond to that question and what were the major themes in their responses? Yes, this was the main part of the qualitative portion of our mixed method analysis. And it was interesting because we found nearly half of the respondents, about 48.8%, were actually unsure whether challenges existed uh, within the SPA, while the other half demonstrated opposing views. We had one quarter of respondents that believed that there are absolutely no DEI issues within SPA, while the remaining quarter uh, believed that DEI challenges actually do exist. Out of the respondents that believe the SPA does face diversity challenges, nearly half of those folks identified as a racial ethnic minority, um, while only 26% of minority respondents believe that SPA does not have challenges. Um, there was a notable finding that more women, racial and ethnic minorities, and non-heterosexual members believed SPA faces diversity challenges when compared to the majority populations. Um, of those folks that believe SPA does face challenges, we did identify four themes that emerged, which have really informed how we're approaching our work within the SPA now. The first theme was that there are gaps in leadership representation amongst underrepresented groups by race, ethnicity, institution, and clinical experience. So we wanted to Again, this is their perception, so we wanted to talk about the data where it said only female uh, respondents were the only gap in leadership noted, but it was felt that there was a gap in leadership for underrepresented minorities. The second theme was that a need for greater representation for individuals who identify with socially marginalized and historically underrepresented groups. 
The third theme uh, was basically calling to create more inclusive policies and practices, such as more clear pathways to leadership and other opportunities within SPA. And then the last theme was responses related to feeling marginalized and underrepresented. Those feelings were coupled with the individual experiences related to deficits in psychological safety within the SPA. Those are some very interesting responses uh, from the members. And I think it has given you a lot for your committee to work on. You also asked the respondents to rank the prioritization of DEI efforts. And how did the SPA members respond to that question? Absolutely. The most primary focus that they wanted us to have for prioritization was promoting diversity in pediatric anesthesia departments and spa leadership and academic promotion. The second was promoting and increasing diversity at all levels of spa leadership. And the third was leading outreach efforts to increase the number of underrepresented groups within SPA membership and pediatric anesthesiology as a whole. And the fourth was advancing educational efforts to focus on diversity and inclusion related to patient care and how we interact with our marginalized communities. And five was actively supporting the inclusion of these minority groups in current educational efforts for parents and families as well. One of the really cool programs sponsored by the SPA DEI committee is the Mission Driven Mentoring Program. Can you tell us a little bit more about this program? Absolutely, and thank you for asking. So the MDMP started last year, and it aims to advance DEI work in pediatric anesthesiology and support the growth and advancement of individuals who participate in these types of efforts. MDMP provides DEI training and supports skills building through practical work. It also provides lots of opportunities for mentees to network with DEI faculty at the national level. The types of projects that MDMP is looking for are projects that address DEI in three different areas. One at the SPA level, so these are projects focused at building the capacity of the organization itself. So an example of a project is, for example, developing a process to increase efforts of DEI within our membership via outreach, recruitment, retention. The second focus is projects that address EDI within the field of pediatric anesthesiology. And this work is uh, contributing to a more diverse and equitable and inclusive field of pediatric anesthesiology. It includes initiatives such as pathways into the field, education of medical students, residents, and fellows. And third, we're looking for projects that address DEI in clinical and patient care. So these are programs and activities that are externally focused, so beyond the spa, but have a direct impact or advocate directly for patients, organizations, and communities. The current MDMP awardees are examples of these types of projects. So Dr. Faith Ross is evaluating at the effect of the expansion of Medicaid on outcomes on pediatric congenital heart disease. And the second uh, project is by Dr. Gangramas, Burns, and Peterson. It's the Drapestown project, and they are looking at the implementation and evaluation of a pathway program for medical students from underrepresented communities. I really take this opportunity to invite everyone to attend a research and mentoring and anesthesiology session during our spring meeting, where both of these projects will be featured. Thank you so much. This sounds like a fantastic program. Before we wrap up this podcast. Do you have any concluding remarks? Yes, I'd like to take this opportunity to make sure that everybody listening and all other SPA members know that our committee is an open committee, and you are all very welcome to join our work. 
Um, as Dr. Natalia spoke about earlier, we work in education and QI and research and communications, et cetera, and mentorship in the MDMP program. So everyone is welcome to join. You can contact me directly via my email or uh, through the website. Um, and then I also wanted to mention some other interesting projects that we are working on and will be in the manuscripts process here soon. And that's, we're looking at NPO violations and specific demographics and how we can better address those patient populations. And we're also looking at a QI multi-center um, project that is looking at health literacy as well. Um, and so pretty soon also through the SPA, we'll have our website published where a lot of this information will be available. And I encourage everybody to reach out if you have questions about this paper. If you would like access to this data, we do have data sharing capabilities, and we'd be happy to talk to, with you all about that. Thank you so much, Travis and Natalia. This has been a lovely discussion. We appreciate you taking the time to chat, and we look forward to more contributions from you and your team. Keep up all the great work that you're doing in the DEI space. Thanks again for inviting us and for highlighting the work of our committee. We really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Perfect. So that wraps up our featured article of the month podcast for February 2023. This article will be available for free on the Jones website soon. Follow us on Twitter at PD Anesthesia. Please join us for next month's featured article of the month podcast. Until then, cheers.